0: welcome welcome to illuminate with lizzie i'm your host lizzie q and i'm a life coach health and wellness geek and a spiritual being navigating this 3d world just like you here we discuss things from spirituality to health and wellness manifestation and so much more i'm here to help you on your spiritual journey so that you can create the best life for yourself as the highest version of yourself it all starts from within My intention is to bring illumination to those who seek it. So if you're listening to this, I can assure you that you're right where you're supposed to be. This podcast will help you shine your beautiful light for the world and have that light reflected right back at you. Thanks for being here and let's get to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to the Illuminate with Lizzie podcast. In this new episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing one of my best friends, my soul sister, a queen by all means, Ariana Savchi, also known as Father Ari on TikTok. Ariana shares her journey of what sparked her spiritual awakening and how she went from being a functioning addict, partying every single night in Hollywood, numbing herself with alcohol and drugs, to an outstanding leader today at Highline Wellness, sober, and most importantly, happy and healthy. She talks about her transition to becoming sober, how raising her self-worth positively impacted all areas of her life, and how by healing, she didn't need to numb herself anymore. We also discuss how you can always always change your narrative. You can choose at any time, no matter where you are in your journey, to transform. It just starts with making the decision to become a better version of yourself. And for some background, Ariana and I were friends in college. We partied together and everything, but it wasn't until post-college when our soul connection really formed. This happened around the pandemic when we both had our spiritual awakenings and it was absolutely divinely guided for us to connect on a deeper level during this time and since then our friendship has continued to grow, has been ever so expanding, so supportive, so loving and it's been beautiful having one another on this spiritual journey. I am super grateful for her and I am so excited for you all to listen in because I truly believe her journey will resonate with many, especially those who may be going to alcohol or food or drugs to escape. This episode really ties back to self-love, raising your self-worth, and becoming the highest version of yourself. I hope that you enjoy and receive all the light that you're meant to in this episode. And without further ado, let's welcome Ariana to the Illuminate with Lizzie podcast. Hello, Ariana. Welcome to the Illuminate with Lizzie podcast. I'm super excited to have you. So excited to be here. The very first question I would love to ask you is, what do you think illuminating from within means? And what does that feel like to you?
1: That is a good question. I think illuminating from within just is all about self love. I think that it comes back to that, but illuminating from within is like coming back to yourself. I think with Mm -hmm. all the outside noise that we have these days and people telling you who to be, what to do, how to dress all the stuff, like illuminating from within is just like finding who you are at your core and, Mm -hmm. and bringing that out. I love that.
0: When do you feel like you illuminate from within or what helps bring you back to that place?
1: I think for me, meditation has been something that helps me like really come back to myself because it's really like blocking out everything that's happening on the outside and just like coming back to who I am. Um, And meditation is a great, like, I think one of the most uncomfortable yet comfortable things to do is to sit with yourself, um, which not a lot of people can do. And so like meditation for me is something that like really helps me feel like illuminated from within.
0: Yeah, no. That meditation has also changed my life, and again, it's it's something that allows me to just center myself again, even on days when I'm like, uh, I don't really want to do this right now. And then when I actually do, and I'm like, oh, I feel such relief dropping from my head, like into back into my body and back into my heart. So,
1: yeah, it's a powerful tool. I feel like the world would be a better place if everybody just meditated, even for like five minutes a day. Yeah, genuinely. <laughs>
0: I actually think that there is like a 5-minute meditation that's just proven to I mean like you said, even if it was just for a couple minutes just taking the time to actually dedicate to just practicing mindfulness and trying something like that is is going to be beneficial and the little things that we do each day compound over time. Absolutely. Well, for listeners that don't know you, I would just like to give some background that Ariana and I obviously went to, not obviously, but for our (laughs) friends that know us, um, they know that we went to college together and it's been a journey since college, moving out to LA and everything. And I know that your life now, there's a huge contrast from your life now versus what it was like when you first started living in LA. And I would love for you to share your journey of how you got to where you are today as the VP of an amazing company and what life was kind of like before that.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think like this could be explaining for a lot of people who have moved to LA and and you moved to LA to chase your dreams mm-hmm. essentially. And sometimes it doesn't always work out and, and it's the journey that gets you there. But I know I moved out to LA like right after graduating. So that was 2017 mm-hmm. immediately. I was like, I need to come out to LA. I had my mind focused on, I wanted to work in the entertainment industry. I was like, mm-hmm. this is what I want to do. I knew that I wanted to do it. Um, and it kind of dropped me into a really toxic work environment
0: mm-hmm. that
1: I was like not prepared for at all. And, um, And wildly underpaid, (laughs) worked too much, and just so much toxicity in that in that industry. And it's different for everybody, but I think I worked on the PR side of things, and it put me in like a negative state of mind because Mm -hmm. I was surrounded by people who always were like saying negative things about people, judging other people, and it was just a whole lot of negative energy. Which when you're surrounded by it you turn into somebody who is like, everything that I thought was negative. Um, And I was judgmental and things like that. And it dropped me into that environment. Um, And it also caused a lot of trauma as well in that industry uh, Mm. that I had a lot of very terrible bosses (laughs) um, that created a lot of like self-worth issues for me and things like that, where I was just in an environment that there was no, I also had no tools to say like, I know who I am. I took everything so personally mm-hmm. when I worked in that industry. Um, and then moving from there, I eventually left the entertainment industry and was like, all right, I don't want to do that anymore. I know, I know that I maybe I'll work in PR. I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, Yeah, but oh, I, yeah. that's so common. And I think that's something that nobody tells you is that it's absolutely okay. Even like a year after college to not know what mm-hmm. you're doing, like mm-hmm. you're you're moving through the motions. You're still young. um, You still have a lot to learn. And so I ended up just working in product PR from there. um, I got laid off at that job. And then I was like, I was a wreck. (laughs) I I didn't know what to do. I was also, I'm like, I say now that I'm like a recovering workaholic because Mm -hmm. work to me was like the most important thing. I was defined by my job. I was defined by where I was working, who I was working with. And that's how I felt that that job that I got laid off from, I literally got fired. I had no idea like anything was going to happen and it, it ripped something away from me because I attached so much of my self-worth and identity to that job
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: once it was taken away from me, I was like, I don't know who I am. Like, I genuinely didn't know who I was without a job and I also have ADHD and so Mm -hmm. without any of like stimulation or things to do. I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to party. And
0: yeah, probably for
1: like, I remember months, that <laughs> yeah, probably for like two months straight, I just partied. I'd also come from like a bad situation that I had with a group of friends that I had somebody living with me. I had no boundaries at that time. I didn't even know what boundaries were at that time. Mm-hmm. And I used to let. to stay with me for free. It was not a good idea. And I was coming bad from like that experience with that Golly off from my job. And I was just an emotional wreck, had no tools to deal with any of this kind of stuff. And all I knew what to do is like, I'm just going to party. I'm just going to numb. I'm just, this is what I'm going to do.
0: Did you know at the time that, sorry to interrupt, but did you know at the time that that was what you were doing to numb yourself as a way to escape or were you just like this is what I just need to do right now
1: or you, you didn't even have that awareness I did not even have that awareness and I didn't even have that awareness that that's what that was until like like this was like summer of 2019 and it wasn't until like December of 2019 mm-hmm. that it all started to like come to realization I was like whoa that's what I was doing to me it felt so normalized and for those who don't know the culture in LA, a lot of people are doing that. It's a lot of like, I don't mean to make LA sound, but there's a group of LA or just a pod of LA of just extremely sad people that just numb themselves to drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. And it creates like a very normal environment for that. So I thought it was just normal to be partying that much and to be going out and like doing all of these things because Mm -hmm. everybody else was doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. nobody was talking about their emotions or their feelings we were all just having fun
0: yeah. um
1: and so to me it didn't seem like that until I took a step back from that environment and I was like whoa <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what I was like numbing myself because I had didn't know who I was I lost that part of my that I held so much self-worth and identity to and I was like I don't know who I am so yeah. I'm just gonna like party and numb it
0: did something happen where you were like I need to, to remove myself from this or was it yeah. just a
1: gradual process the weird thing is is that I feel like I did everything backwards so kind of in that timeline I probably had two months of just like straight party and I went out every day of the week mm-hmm. Monday through Monday, just going absolutely yeah amazing. you were out every I single went, day every single day which is no insane breaks. to me no breaks there. And then, I, and I was looking for a job at the same time. And I was kind of like, do I stay in PR? I was going like in interviewing at places they wanted to pay me less than I had made before. And I was like, okay, no, I live in LA. I need, I need to make yeah. some sort of living. And I was like, I'll dip my toes in something else. And I had applied a job that was like a coordinator for an influencer marketing position at a digital advertising agency. And I had gotten that job and just kind of like by the skin of my teeth, like I had no experience and I had like very little experience in influencer marketing. And um, I basically kind of talked my way through that interview. I was like, I can learn really quickly. i <laughs> really want a job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I really can do this. And they gave me that job. And so when I got the job that kind of like took the partying down a little, but yeah. I was still going out every weekend. So yeah. essentially I was still hanging out with the same people still doing like drugs. I was still drinking heavily, like doing all that kind of stuff. And I drank on like the weekdays too, like at home because mm-hmm. like, that was very normal. You get off of work and you have like a few drinks cause you're stressed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it so was my, another way to escape. It was another way to escape. So my, my behaviors weren't necessarily changing. I was just a semi more responsible because I had a job. And because again, I attached worth even though this was a new job, I still attached worth to it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. And what's ironic to me is at the same time where I was like still struggling, probably on an emotional level, and I wasn't like quite healed. I was like excelling at my job. So it was like kind of the universe was taking me in this direction. And now I see it as that it was like pushing me in the right way. Yeah. But I didn't know it at the time. I was just like, wow, this is crazy. I keep getting promoted, and like, I'm doing mm-hmm. really well at my job, and I finally found something I'm good at, and like, yeah, super weird because I had never had that experience. Um, and then it was like fall of 2019 was, you know, kind of when I got started in meditation. Mm-hmm. And so- how did you get started in that? Then so crazy. I <laughs> listen. <laughs> this is like kind of the beginning of my spiritual awakening. And it I think everything happens for a reason. And absolutely. I didn't, like, I didn't seek out anything. It was just like it kind of fell into my lap. I had like a class class yeah. membership with my company and I was working out and doing those kinds of things with my class pass. But you kind of would always have like leftover points at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And You would look for things that you could like, kind of. I was like, I don't want to work out that much, so I'll find some other thing to do and use the points on. And I had done like one meditation class, and then I had like about like a thousand points left over, and I was like, oh man, I need to use these. And I was looking for any of the like, they had like facials and things like that that had like the most points. And I saw like a a Reiki healing, and I was like, "I, I didn't know anything about Reiki healing. I didn't like, it wasn't seeking it out. I was like, Oh, this seems cool. cool." Yeah. Like why not? And like background, like I, I grew up with my parents always letting me like, kind of choose what I wanted to believe in religion wise. And Christian, because like, I think more or less I grew up Christian because it was more of a social thing. Mm -hmm. Like all of friends are Christian and like, it was fun to go to youth group. And like, Mm -hmm. as I grew older, I didn't really, Vibe with it anymore? Yeah, your environment. <laughs> so I still changed. have this like connection to spirit, like something spirit. I always believed right. it something more, but I didn't yes, have to, like, a connection. higher power of some a sort. Yes. Yeah, and so I'm not like turned off to anything. So I wouldn't look at a Reiki healing and be like, "No, I'm not going to do that." I'd be like, "Yeah, let's why do it. not?" Mm-hmm. And that was like the beginning of my spiritual awakening. And mind you, I, again, like I had all of that bad stuff that had happened to me. In the beginning of 2019, that I yeah. held up with a lot of resentment and things like that. So when I went into the Reiki healing, I honestly had no idea what I was getting myself into. And mm-hmm. it was like a therapy appointment. I laid down on a table. She put me in like a hypnotic state. And then she started to ask me questions. And she pulled things out of me that I didn't even know I need that needed to be pulled out of me.
0: Wow. Um, yeah.
1: And I was talking a lot about the situation that had happened in mm-hmm. 2019. And I've had a lot of resentment towards one person who I had continually had to see. And I was so angry. I had like a lot of anger and like negativity and a lot of self-worth issues. And she worked on all of that. Um, and that was like, again, had no experience. I used to think that people were cr- not like crazy. But when you moved to LA, you, like everyone always says, oh, you're going to become one of those LA girls that like has crystals and like does this and that. Yeah, yeah. And I became that girl, but I always <laughs> it would be really funny like I was thought it was funny. yeah and so oh me too on that table and she's clearing my chakras I had like a full body sensation of like waves coming off of my body wow I was like what like what the fuck is going on yeah. I was genuinely like shocked because I had never felt anything like that before and I mean, like sober. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm laying on the table. Like, I'm sure if you did drugs, you would feel those type of sensations. Yeah. So like, what is this lady doing to me? And it was like a full release. And it like started at the top of my head and it released out of my feet. Wow. And it was like a weight. I felt lighter. And that's when like she had mentioned to me, like, you know, like you can have like some upkeep with this Reiki healing by doing meditation. And I was like, cool. I mean, that was a really cool experience that I just had. I kind of want to learn more. Yeah. So I started going to meditation classes. It was like down the street from my apartment um, at the Dead Meditation, and I just loved it. And I would go to the Reiki meditations, and they would come over you and do Reiki, and I could feel it all over my body. And I was like, I do like, and I was loved it. And I kept doing it more and more, and I think. What people like to say is like, once you like dabble in one thing of spirituality, you just dive into oh, it. Oh
0: yeah. It just becomes like more and more just comes to you.
1: Yeah. And that's whatever is
0: like a line that, for you.
1: It's that's basically what happened. It's like, I started meditation, not knowing anything about anything. And like, once you get interested in that, and then you hear like, your you know, like meditation teacher talking about something and you're like, wait, that sounds really cool. I want to look up that. Yeah. That. And then I think that was the beginning of my spiritual awakening, just because not only uh, it definitely is, yeah, it was the start of my healing, but it was also the start of like my curiosity of Mm -hmm. like all of these things that were being brought into my life were answering so many questions that I always had that were never answered. Yeah.
0: You're Um, like, wait, there's so much more to life, to this than just this 3D world of like living
1: in my ego. And yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's insane to me. And I think it answered a lot more questions that I had ever experienced with like any type of organized religion. Because you always had those questions where you'd be like, Well, what about that? Or what if that? And yeah, in more like organized religion, they don't answer those questions. No, they but don't. I had spirituality come into my life, and like these people were answering these questions that I've always had. And I was like, and I'm becoming a better person, and I'm becoming healed, mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. And I'm like, wow. This is exactly what I wanted. And what was crazy to me too is like after the Reiki healing, like for those who don't know a lot about Reiki healing, is like you can feel like immediate effects, but it's actually like the long term that oh yeah. I remember you saying know. that. Yeah, you'll see like the actual effects. And what was the craziest thing for me was that um my Reiki practitioner had like printed out a uh, sheet that kind of said everything that I was going to be working on and everything that I wanted to release. I went back and looked at that sheet like six months later. And in six months, like, so to clarify what I was trying to work on, in that I was trying to work on like a boundary setting, I could, I had a hard time saying no to people. Like, mm-hmm. that's why people lived in my home. I let people live in my yeah. home, buy them things. I would like spend my money on them because I felt bad for them and I was an empath and like, all this other stuff. And mm. I could never say no because I would feel like a bad person. So that was one thing that I worked on. And then self-worth because I had like so many self-worth issues <laughs> from my past job experiences that in my new job experience that I had, I wasn't excelling to where I could because I was like afraid to speak. I was like in a meeting. Right. And that was something she had talked about with me. She was like, you know, what are things you want to work on? I was like, well, I kind of feel like I don't speak up. Like I get choked up in a meeting or I don't believe that I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And I was like, not confident at all in any of my abilities. And those are all the things that I worked on. And by that six month mark, I had like, I was in a leadership position at a company. Wow. Yeah. Like insane. I had like, let go of all my resentment towards anybody that had wronged me in the past. I had like, I was just like a whole new person. And I was like, this is crazy.
0: And I think that self-worth and setting those boundaries are directly connected too. um, and the fact that you were consciously like knowing that that's what you needed to work on. It's beautiful to see that come to fruition, especially when you look back on everything, you're like, Oh my goodness, like six months,
1: uh, a lot can change in six months. Yeah. And it was like, And it's like a long journey for me. Like I, it seems like it was short, but it was like, you know, I started, I had that Reiki healing and I still dealt with a lot in that period of time where it was a lot of lessons for me Yeah, and a lot of learning. And it wasn't just like a light switch. And I was like, no, I'm super confident. It took a lot of like, all right, I had to rip the bandaid off and like speak up in a meeting for the first time. Yeah. Like be like, no, I think it's this, which absolutely terrified me. It's not like I was like. Yeah. I'm so, like, I'm right. Like, yeah, of course. Like, more of, of like, it kind of gave me the ability to do those things. And then through that, cause you know, my chakras ha- were unblocked. I was ready to just become this person and it's still extremely uncomfortable to do things that scare you. Like yeah. say, like I had, I had a friend that had texted me. She was like, can I stay at your apartment? I'm just going to be there for the weekend. And I said, no, I was like, Yep. You set a boundary. No, oh, I set a boundary and it was terrifying the first time to be like, no, I don't want to do that. Or saying no to going out to do things like, cause I used to just say yes to everything, which is probably why I partied so much too. Yeah. I felt like I had to be a part of everything and say no to those things. And it was like, slowly I grew. And at the same time I'm doing the work and I'm meditating mm-hmm. and I'm learning more. I was taking classes at the den meditation. They would have like, you know, webinars and things like that, that they would do. Um And I was learning about astrology and I was learning about all these different tools that allowed me to be just like work on myself.
0: Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And
1: it was like through that, I was just like learning so much.
0: And ap- actually applying it to your life too. Cause I think yeah. is, there's so much information that we can get and so much that we can really be learning. But until we actually implement it into our lives, we're not going to see change. So like you said, stepping out of your comfort zone and being able to, you know, take actions that may feel uncomfortable at the time will allow you to actually grow. Because if we don't take any action nothing's going to happen. We can't just sit there and expect things to change for us unless we are willing to put in the effort ourselves.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I tell people that all the time. I'm like, you have to get uncomfortable to be comfortable.
0: Mm -hmm. There was a
1: lot of uncomfortable things that I had to do throughout my spiritual awakening. And I genuinely think it was just like the entire year of 2019 for me, like from start to finish and then the beginning of 2020. So like, that was like, my entire spiritual awakening. And it was a lot of really uncomfortable things that I had to do to get to where I was, yeah. and, like, sit with these really uncomfortable feelings, look at myself too. And I think that was part of like learning about inner child and shadow work and realizing that sometimes I am the problem. And that's yeah. that sometimes we have to admit We that, have like, to accept that. Yeah. Oh, well, like some of the things that happened in my life, I brought that into my life. And, yeah. Like, I was putting out that energy and it came back to me. Yeah. Those were a lot of things that I had to learn. That was like really tough lessons. Um, But yeah, I think like by the end of 2019, I mean, through that, through like by regulating things like that, I was still drinking. I was still doing drugs, like on the weekends, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that, and like, that's why I say like your spiritual awakening can be like kind of like a long period. Oh yeah. Um, It's a whole life process, right? Like I, you know, I was like meditating, but I was still not treating my body like a temple. Like I was, yeah. you know, like it was, it was kind of like a half like and half step by period. step, mm-hmm. yeah, step, step by step. And it wasn't until I think like 2020 was where I really had like a big kind of mind, a shift in my mind, I guess, because yeah. not only because of like the pandemic, I think that a lot of it had to do with the pandemic because it made us all take a step back and like, yes, and reflect, like, Oh my God! Reflect. Prioritize. We had
0: no, yeah, we had no choice but to look inwards, and if yeah. we didn't look inwards, you, it would just be chaos within our, our minds, right? So I
1: truly really believe that some people either you either grew during that period, yeah, or just stayed the same, yeah, because like you had to make that conscious decision of like, am I gonna take this time of solitude to really like listen again? Mm-hmm some people really can't sit with themselves like they it makes them truly uncomfortable to sit mm-hmm. with themselves and i think that if you either like had to sit with yourself during that like quarantine pandemic time and be like okay i'm going to heal myself and like work on myself yeah. and become like, this a better person or i'm going to i don't want to have to deal with that and i'm just going to continue exactly. and i chose the the first option Same and- there. <laughs> Cause I was like, you know, I obviously stopped partying and things like that. And I still had friends that went out and partied during the pandemic, even when there was yeah. like no vaccines available and things like that. And it was, it just, for me morally, I couldn't do it. And I think it kind of forced me out of that scene. Yeah. And I genuinely. It was a blessing in disguise. Blessing. Everything happens for a reason. And I truly yes. really believe that because it, it made me take a step back from that scene. And I looked at it for what it was because I finally became sober and I was looking at the way that people were act- acting in that environment. And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. I, this isn't, that was me. That was old me, but like, I don't recognize these people. I don't recognize who I was. Yeah. I was like going through the spiritual awakening and I
0: didn't even know it.
1: And I think. Did that that you was-
0: make the decision to be sober at the time? or were you like, well, I'm not drinking anyway, so I'm just yeah. not going to drink anymore.
1: I tell people that it happened backwards for me because I believe that, you know, when you identify that you have like a problem, whether it's weed, cocaine, alcohol, whatever your drug of choice is, it can even be, you can even like be eating. You can have like uh, whatever, yeah, whatever you're, you're exactly is. anything that helps you escape or numb yourself. Yeah. So whatever your addiction is, usually people will like identify that you have the addiction and then you'll go to rehab and then you'll see a therapist and you'll address all the things that are making you numb so that you can do that. And usually you identify the addiction first. For me, I don't think like I identified my addiction first. It was like, because I got into spirituality and meditation and self-healing work. And 2020 was when I met Daisy. Um mm-hmm. and so yeah, she working. Yeah. So Daisy started working at Mute Six with me and, you know, she opened me up to a lot of this stuff. And she like mm-hmm. introduced me to, to be magnetic. And I started listening to the expanded podcast and I started doing a lot of self-work. And so I started healing a lot of these things, but without knowing it by healing,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: started to not need to numb anymore. So when yeah. I say I did it backwards is because like, I only identified my addiction when I looked back on my experience and I was like, yeah, no, I definitely had a problem, but it wasn't until like, I was like, yeah, I started healing things and I was like, I don't need to drink. It was like, I feel happy. <laughs> like, I feel yeah. happy. And I don't really need any additional substance to make me feel anything because, like, I feel great. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it just slowly happened where I was like, stopped drinking during the pandemic because I was like, well, I'm not going out with these people anymore. I'm not partying anymore. So I'm not going to drink. And then the few times that I did drink, I just, it felt awful. And I like yeah. to tell people, like people who are not as much tapped into this spiritual thing because people will ask me this all the time. I'll be like, yeah, I'm like a year and a half sober. And they'll be like, oh, like why? It's always such a weird quote. Like, oh, like why? Why are yeah. you so? And I tell people all the time because like it's weird to get into this conversation of like spirituality with like some yeah. regular people who are not into it. Because I'll tell them like, oh, you know, my stomach got really upset. Like I would have like a glass of champagne and my stomach just said no. And like part of my reason for not drinking is health reasons now that I realize how bad it is for you. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, it was that I genuinely believed that. And I had read somewhere that when you have a spiritual awakening and you level up, alcohol just doesn't vibe with you anymore because it is a vibrational. It is, it's a depressant. Yeah, it's a depressant. depressant. Literally, like I remember- like the few times that I did drink and I, I, you know, I drank at my friend's bachelorette party. And then in 2020 at her wedding, I got very drunk at her wedding and I cried and I was like, I don't like this yeah. Like, yeah. I feel sad and I don't, yeah. and I'm not sad. I'm in a very good place in my life. And yeah, I was like, yeah, cause it is a depressant. It's very low vibrational. I don't, it just didn't vibe with me anymore because I think I had like moved up. And alcohol was still down here. Cause like when I was down here, alcohol felt great. Oh yeah. A lot of fun on alcohol, but I was also not a very happy person. <laughs> right? So, that's kind of what did it for me. And I was like, yeah. And all the other substances as well. Like they vibed with me when I was like at my lowest point. Because mm-hmm. me, was- I mean,
0: yeah. Hey, I'm right there with you, right? I have partied with you, not as much as you-, <laughs> you were partying. But I mean, I remember nights when we would, just continue drinking and drinking. And it was almost like this habit that we couldn't really like pull ourselves out of. And then once we would drink, we'd eat low vibrational foods and yeah. a lot of fast foods and wake up the next day, not feeling great. But we weren't consciously aware at the time that it was low vibrational. We were just yeah. doing whatever our vibration felt right to do at that time. And
1: and it's crazy because I don't think a lot of, and like, you don't realize it until you move into a more healed space yes and yes the, that healing that's, really, the healing process really healing really brings light yeah. to a lot of areas and in I, our life and I believe it too because a lot of people who do become sober they'll tell you like oh yeah I addressed all of the trauma from my childhood or I addressed all this stuff and I have a therapist and like that's what got them sober um and my mom's been sober for two years and that's the same thing that she talks about Is like I don't need to cope with this for my emotional health anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's important too. It's like, you also find healthier coping mechanisms. So for Mm -hmm. me, like meditation, journaling, healthier coping mechanisms, because nothing ever is going to be perfect. You're not going to be happy all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Like like things are going to happen in your life. Like Things have happened in my life since then. I just learned how to cope with it in a healthier way rather than turning to drugs or alcohol to cope with not feeling good about myself. Yes, Um, definitely. I think that that's important. I think there's also a lot more addiction in our world than we realize, especially Mm -hmm. in the United States. Yes, but unconsciously too. Yeah. And I think people think that addiction is like, or somebody who is an addict is somebody that like can't hold a job or like is, is like a deadbeat father or has DUIs or like yeah, Yeah, those kind like, that's what people like think an addict is, but there's a lot of like functioning addicts. I was a functioning addict. I excelled at a career and (laughs) I built my career during that time. Um, and I was still partying at the same time. Like I was still functioning, but I was still an addict and I was still using a substance to cope, um, whether it was drugs or alcohol, like, you know, I did it in the smart way where like, nobody could really tell. Yep. I was,
0: I mean, I'm, I can also relate to that as well. I've gone to food, to alcohol, to work, to just staying busy and trying to distract myself all the time so that I wouldn't be able to address my emotions and sit with them and really feel them. And like you said, like now that you find different ways to cope instead of turning to alcohol or turning to these things that you usually, I mean, in the past would turn to, it's a whole different life. And the more that we can really honor that part of ourselves and know that this is for our highest selves when we choose to do something that's actually going to help us grow instead of turning to alcohol or turning to drugs for just a
1: a quick escape, that's when transformation happens. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of it too, is just people not understanding like, you know, like dopamine and serotonin. I mean, for somebody that I have ADHD, I feel like very low dopamine and that's just the way that my brain is, which is why Mm -hmm. drugs and alcohol, like mainly drugs are like, yeah. For me. Cause like get a dopamine hit and like, I feel great. Um, Mm -hmm. learning like yeah like healthier like listen like now I'm like all right I'm gonna go on a hike I'm gonna get like some sunlight yeah I'm gonna watch a movie like something else to feed that dopamine and the yes that's healthier for me and that actually adds to my life instead of like taking years off my life
0: yeah you can get so creative with these different ways and you can actually explore these different ways. Once you just try different things, you know, like we're so used to doing things a certain way. I mean, I remember when I would just have a bad day at work or just not feel great and want to have a glass of wine. I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to have a glass of wine tonight. I can't wait to get a drink. Anybody want to get drinks tonight and like a group text or something. And just, it was a way to escape and, looking at it now, I'm just like, who wants to take like a sunset walk who wants to, you know, like go around in nature. Cause nature really has been such medicine for me, um, for coping or anything like that, just to feel better and journaling as well. Honestly, whatever, there's so many different mechanisms and you just have to listen to what you feel like will help you at that time.
1: And I think it's just like experimenting with it too. And just like telling yourself, I mean, like what happened is like, I stopped drinking. And when I kind of got to six months, I was like, what's the reason to start drinking again? Yeah. That's when I just started experimenting with other ways that I could like, Uplifted, like feel like that uplifted sense because you do feel uplifted when you have a glass of wine I mean obviously it's a depressant so eventually you're not going to feel that good but everybody knows that feeling when you have like the drinks the first few drinks you feel great you feel elated you feel happy and all this other all these other great things especially even when you smoke weed you feel great for like the first yeah. you know few moments but it's experimenting with other things that give you those exact same feelings and be if you've drank right or smoked or done drugs before, you know, that feeling. And I was able to replicate that with like healthier things. And I think everybody has the opportunity to do that. You just have to like try it.
0: Yes, definitely. And when you are doing drugs and also like drinking and stuff, there's obviously side effects that come from that. It's yes, it's a temporary escape mechanism, but it continues to affect your body. It continues to affect your mind. Um, yeah it affects everything in your and, life
1: and that's the thing too is like I learned that later like kind of in my like what I was coming up on a year I just started doing more research about like what do all these substances do to your body and your health and that also like basically like kind of reaffirmed my decision to stay sober yeah because I was like well I don't I don't want to waste my I got into health and wellness as well. And I think because like if you start your journey into spirituality, you'll also start your journey into health and wellness. Yes, because like, it's all connected. Mm-hmm. All connected. Directly connected. So, that also started to like come to light to me. And I was like, oh, I don't want any of these things to happen to my body. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm in my late 20s. Like I really should be treating my body really well right now. Like I'm not 21 anymore. I can't do these things to my body. I will not recover the exact same way that I used to. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big part of it too. There are like a few different like podcasts or things like that, that I listened to. Like one was like listening to like the expanded podcast with like Lacey Phillips. She talked about becoming sober and I just resonated with so much. And I was like, she was like, you know, I just decided like, I never drink again. Same with like Melissa Wood Health and like having all these expanders in terms of like, people who are sober now was also very reaffirming to me. Yeah, I was like, these are people who I, I value their opinion on health and wellness and just value their opinion on life. And they're like a life coach for me. They just decided never to drink again. And I was like, looks like it worked out for that. Right, like, yeah. They think it might work out for me.
0: Exactly, um, and that's what's so beautiful about expanders is they are- helping you in your journey as well the more that we can surround ourselves not with just they don't have to be people that you interact with every day they like you said they can be people that you see on Instagram all the time What does your Instagram feed look like or what are you listening to
1: what are you feeding your subconscious mind with so important and I learned that too especially just becoming like being sober and then deciding like I still want to have a social life which I think yeah. is really hard for people because people think, like, oh, if you don't drink, then what do you do? You yeah. still still go out. I'd love to go out. And I think Melissa Wood Health was like a huge expander for me in that because number one, she was like a mom and she had been sober. She's been sober for I don't know, like five over five years. Yeah. She kind of made the same decision. She's like, I just didn't buy with me anymore. Um and she would go out with her friends. Like she would go out to the club. She, I would see her like on her stories, like going to weddings, going out dancing and having fun and knowing the entire time she's doing that. She's sober. Yeah. That's so exciting for me. Like there is a way to be sober and not have any substances in your life and still have fun. And i have learned that. And it's painful in the very first few times that you try it. Uh,
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: (laughs) definitely
0: can relate to that. I, I mean, I, I remember thinking, okay, like it's, it's almost feeling like pressure, but it's all internal pressure, right? Like nobody actually cares if you drink or not. It's whether you can like hold your your own when you're out there, out there in this, the midst of alcohol. And I think what was helpful for me was one, knowing that you could do it, having friends that just support you. And again, having those expanders and knowing that there are people out there that can still have fun, still have a social life and not drink. And also holding just something in my hand was helpful as well. Non-alcoholic drink. And there's so many places now that like offer non-alcoholic drinks or just even sparkling water. It's, it just feels better to hold something in your hand because then people don't either you, you will feel just more comfortable in general and people won't ask you anything. So there's that as well, but it is an adjustment.
1: It's a big adjustment. And I, I think that's what people are the most scared of. Like when in their decision to become sober is like, because our culture is so ingrained Yes. In alcohol and it being in everything that we do, um, that people would be like, well, where, what, what will I do if I don't drink? Because yeah. what do I hold in my hand? I'm like, right. hey, like a soda water or like, honestly, just water in general, Water's good for you. You might as well yeah. stay hydrated while you're staying out and going out with your friends. Um, those types of things too. I think yeah. like, you know, it's, it ha- again, it's getting uncomfortable to be comfortable. And yes. I had to get really uncomfortable in certain settings. Then after that, like, it was like a few months and I was like, I could go do anything sober now. Like yeah. I feel comfortable in any setting being sober. Yeah. Um, and that's really important. I think that like, it's important to know that it's like applies for all substances. I say that I'm California sober, because if I do decide to do anything, I will like smoke a little bit of weed or have it here and yeah. there. But that's also something that I've only been able to consume in very, very small amounts. That I realize Mm -hmm. now, (laughs) and that's something that, like, I think is part of that journey. Is like, if I smoke too much or I consume too much of something, like, I feel I don't feel good. Uh, It brings me down. Um, And so I think that that's the other thing too. Is like realizing, like, okay, you give up alcohol, don't replace it by. Yeah, so, well, I know, yeah. Like, you have to realize that it's like it's everything in moderation, and so yeah, definitely and being being is mindful like, about it. It's being mindful, and that's the biggest thing that I've learned. Is like, I love the plan. I work for a CBD company. I work mm-hmm. with people that really believe in the plan, and I do as well. But I believe mm-hmm. it's using it intentionally, and using any of these things intentionally. I think there are obviously lots of different like go to an ayahuasca ceremony. You could do all these things that are great yeah. for spiritual wellness. There's always a fine line between like using it mindfully and using it to continue to numb or not feel.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. There's definitely, definitely a difference there. When I think about my journey as well, I'm just like, I was resisting so much to stop drinking or stop doing certain things. What, even when I knew that it wasn't serving me anymore. Mm -hmm. And when I, I remember day that I started the night that I decided, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore was just when I was like, I decided to drink and I just won. I did not feel good. And there were so many signs that were happening that day that just did not, I knew they were clear signs of just the universe telling me, okay, you do not need to be drinking anymore. One, you don't feel great when you do it. Certain things are happening when you do it that aren't aligned. And I was resisting it so much. And finally I was like, okay, hey, I surrender. This is clearly, clearly not for me anymore. And I felt such a weight lifted off my shoulders once I was able to accept that. Um, So I would love to actually hear any advice that you may have for someone that may be resisting, letting go of things that don't serve them anymore.
1: Yeah, I think that the biggest thing, again, get uncomfortable to be comfortable Um, and really letting go of things that don't serve you is really hard because you if especially if it's something that's in our culture or society like alcohol, because it's really hard to tune out everything, all the outside noise, which, by the way. The worst part is getting people asking you, oh, why are you not drinking? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? And it almost makes you feel like, well, should I be drinking? Like I'm trying to give yeah. up something. It's not good for me, but like I have all these other people telling know, me like, yeah. why are you doing it? And I think that the biggest thing is to block out the outside noise and really come back to like, who do you want to be as a person? And I think that that's the biggest thing for me. And every, everybody's journey I think is different, but what it made me realize is like, I did not like the person that I was when I drank. So it is no longer serving me. And I need to get uncomfortable so that I can be a better person. Genuinely, I thought like I needed to be a better person um, because I didn't like the person that I was when I drank or did drugs. And so Mm -hmm. you just kind of have to look back into yourself and be like, okay, who do I want to be? And I think a lot of it is the self-discipline of like, all right, am I ready to take this journey? And not everybody is. I think that there are some people that will try it and be like kind of backtrack and start drinking again
0: yeah I mean okay. that was
1: me for a while yeah I yeah. think like everybody's journey is different it's just at the end of the day who do you want to be um, yeah and and are you comfortable with sitting with yourself at the end of the day I wasn't comfortable sitting with myself at the end of the day when I was drinking that much because of my behavior and things like that and I was like yeah so what a good place um, and so now I I sleep better. I can do you all just these feel things. better once you feel better. Not honor that. Yeah. Emotionally and just health wise, I feel so much better. I have like more energy than I've ever had in my life. Like yeah. But the other things too is like, where are you at with your health? Do you feel like it's affecting your health? Do you feel like it's affecting your mental health? Because alcohol and drugs, things like that do affect your mental health as well. So
0: definitely. And I
1: think a big part of it as well is letting go of what you
0: think that others may expect of you or expect you to do, or this past version of you and really tapping into discovering yourself or knowing yourself more, and then honoring yourself in that moment. So the more that we're able to honor ourselves and the less we do things, because we feel like that's what we have to do or should do, yeah. then the more we come back to ourselves and our most aligned path.
1: Absolutely. And you can always have like a rebirth. I think that that's the biggest thing that people think that like, yes, like if alcohol is a part of your personality or drugs is a part, part of your personality, which it can be for a lot of people, you can let that part of you die and become somebody else. And I think that like, that's something that I can resonate honestly this is so well with is that letting that yeah. old part of yourself die yeah and you rebirth and you can t- change the narrative you can become a different person always can, change the narrative yes always change the narrative and you don't have to be the same person for the rest of your life you're not locked into something you could change you could become a better person um you, you can still again like honor yourself and like I talk about my past in the way, because I'm very honest about it, because I like, it is a part of me. It did happen.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Do I love all the things that I did? No, but yeah. it's a part of me. And it's, I know it's made done. you who you are today. Yes, yeah. It, our whole journey has yeah. for a reason. And so like, we don't have to be ashamed of it. I think that's the other thing is like pulling the shame away from it. So I think there is still so much shame around addiction and, and substance use in general. Um, whether it's like, somebody saying that I'm sober. There's a lot of shame around that because they're like, why are you sober? Um, you got to pull the shame away from it and just, yeah. be like, I'm not, I, yeah. I have no shame for who I was and I have no shame for who I am now.
0: Yes. Be proud of yourself and really just step into that power of just being like, yeah. this is who I am. And I'm not going to change because I, th- because you think I need to be a different way, or I think that you think yeah. I need to be a
1: different way. And part of that will come when you start to heal within yourself and you start to care what other people think about you. Yeah. Life, life, game changer, all the above. Like when you stop caring about what other people think about you, it's over.
0: (laughs) It's over. (laughs) Um, What advice would you give to your younger self if you could could, um, talk to her right now? Oh my God.
1: Wow. (laughs) I would give her so much advice, but- (laughs) I think that there's so many things that I, I mean, the biggest thing was like, we were just talking about, like, don't care what anybody thinks about you. Mm-hmm. I had so, I mean, like growing up, like I always cared about what other people thought about me. Um, and I think that that like put me into a place where I became a workaholic because I cared what other people would think about like my job,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a place of like caring about who I was hanging out with, where I was going, doing all these things. And it was like status stuff, just like, my advice, is like, don't care what anybody else thinks about you. You're on your own journey. You're separate yes. from everybody else. You do not need anyone else's validation. You only yes. need your own validation. That is the biggest lesson I've learned is that like the only person needs to validate me is me. Mm-hmm. Period. Yes. Oh,
0: I love that so much. Gosh, that is beautiful. And I completely agree. Honestly, that's probably the advice I would give my younger self as well. And just to stay true to myself as much as possible. Yeah. As much as possible. Absolutely. Well, that this has been such an amazing conversation. Seriously, thank you for taking the time to share your journey with everyone, I really do feel like this is going to help a lot of people on their path, wherever they are on their path. Um, you know, there's different times in our lives where we may be in a certain place and whatever resonates with with you is what you're meant to hear right now. I truly Absolutely. believe that. I believe and so. yeah and where can listeners connect with you i know so okay. ariana is very um well known on tiktok just <laughs> so everybody knows um but where can listeners connect with you further yeah
1: my instagram is Ariana m-e-l-i-s and then my tiktok i think is father ari with <laughs> listen i don't Uh, with two R's and then (laughs) A-R-I. Okay, perfect. And what kind of content do you post on TikTok? TikTok is a lot of like more political type content. I'm very passionate about Mm -hmm. a lot of things. Um, Mm -hmm. just, you know, (laughs) social issues and things like that. And so that's where I share a lot of that. And TikTok is just a great space to share everything then yes so.
0: <laughs> yes she is authentically herself on all the platforms so <laughs> definitely connect with her everybody well thank you so much for being here and having this conscious conversation with me today awesome. I appreciate you of course always bye everybody thanks for listening Mm, Wasn't that episode absolutely inspirational? When you make the decision to up level for your highest good, the universe has your back and will continue to support you in all ways. You just have to continue to trust in yourself and keep going. I am so proud of Ariana for being vulnerable and sharing her story because I know her vulnerability will bring healing to many. If you enjoyed this episode or are enjoying my podcast so far, please don't forget to give it a rating and leave a review if you feel called to do so. It really does help my podcast out and helps bring illumination to those who seek it. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will catch you next time. Bye everyone!